Summertime's coming to an end. Best thing that happened in my life was meeting you. That's very sweet. Well, <laughs> best thing for our firm was you joining us. That's very Given sweet. all our complete and utter victories over the last five years. But we met because I was doing advocacy for people who were falsely accused. And one of the things that comes up all the time on YouTube and in my channel and whatever, how do you avoid being falsely accused of sexual assault? Yeah, it's kind of an exhausting issue, no? Like, well, top I mean, 10 ways to try and avoid a false accusation. So, I mean, and this is interesting because this is a listicle, right? And so we're gonna talk about whether these listicle items are true or not true or, or how to make sense of them, right? All right, so let's lead into this a little bit. It's kind of a fun topic. So, avoiding false accusations of sexual assault is essential for everyone's well-being and ensuring a fair and just society. While you can't completely control the actions of others, yeah, no f <laughs> uh, there are steps you can take to reduce the risk of false accusations. Here are some tips, and we're going to list them and give you the reality about it, okay? Everyone loves listicles. Yeah, right? so let's take this slow, because this is kind of fun. If you Google this, you'll get this okay? <laughs> and it's funny. And I'm not sure whether a psychologist put this out there or lawyers or whatever, but it's kind of funny because there's so many downfalls to this. But some of this does have some benefit. Okay, so number one, obtain clear consent. Oh, because that's so easy. <laughs> Always ensure that you have explicit and enthusiastic consent. I know, but... From your partner before engaging in any sexual activity. Calm, please calm. Let's do this calm. Okay. You promised me you'd be calm. Consent should be voluntary. I'm always calm. I'm always calm. Consent? My blood pressure is only 100 over 70. <laughs> Mine's not. I take 10 milligrams of something. <coughs> Consent should be voluntary, enthusiastic, ongoing, and clear. It is essential to communicate openly and honestly about boundaries and intentions. Like, yeah, of course. But what's the problem, Joe? When you do that, and, we, and we've seen this in court cases, when you testify that you obtained clear enthusiastic consent, what does the judge say? I find that unbelievable. Yeah, so there's a couple of points. One, the Crown, you know, so in Canada, prosecutors have been pushing to some extent in cases we've had about what's called enthusiastic consent. And we don't really know what that means. But, you know, we got to talk about this in reality because these are I know, things... but this is, this is the problem is we have to talk about reality. And the stuff that's in this page is not reality. That's not the way people actually really engage in sex. So No, of course, none of this works for reality. None of this. But this is, I want to talk about enthusiastic. So that is not a requirement in law. And I don't know what that means. But what <laughs> I guess what we're trying to talk about here is when you are engaged in a sexual encounter, make sure the other party's not bored. And before you go into it, you should sit down Maybe take full scap paper and talk about what your boundaries are and what your intentions are. Sorry, this is like one of our more comical things, but if you Google this, <laughs> but, it's so serious, but if you Google so it, it's real. Because you can do everything. You can do everything that you're supposed to with this enthusiastic consent model. Well, because it's all and just based on credit. Even believe you, nobody's right? Because it's just believe. based on credibility. <laughs> All right, let's move to number two before you fall yes. off your chair. Communication is key. Maintain open and respectful communication with your partner. 
throughout your interactions. Make sure both parties are comfortable, enthusiastic about what is happening. Does the woman have to make sure the guy's enthusiastic? Never in our cases. I uh, know. The onus is always on the man. And how did you get consent? Oh, because she did something without consent to him. And then that's, that's you know, some sort of pathway for him to then go forward. But she does not require consent. No. And this is so important to this conversation. What, you mean we don't live in a world of double standards? I'm just going to repeat number two. Communication is key. Maintain open and respectful communication with your partner throughout your interactions. Honey, I respect you. We're only on two. We're only on two. Honey, I respect you and love you as an individual. I respect your career. I think you are an intelligent, capable person. Is it okay if I now touch your breasts? So the reality of this... May I do this next button? Yeah. Yeah. So sex doesn't happen this way. But let's say this for a helpful comment to somebody who's interested in maybe what you can do. I think communicating is important. And when we get to a punchline later on about keeping records, I think it's important. So it is important to have communication and to dialogue and to try and make sure that you have consent. Okay? Three. This is a big problem. What? Number three. Avoid engaging in sexual activities under the influence of alcohol huh? <laughs> what? so so here's here's one of the things though is like alcohol is a known issue and also women are being misinformed about how much alcohol they first have of all to... i just want to segue and thank amazon because we've made so many amazon or is it staples we've made so many orders over the last month for a toner that we've gotten a beautiful decanter and glasses alcohol is involved in a lot of uh, especially university campus uh, sexual assault allegations. 100%. And one of the big problems is that universities are miseducating people that if they have... Oh, I had, I had a little bit of sip of That's whiskey. That's absolutely true. And very serious. And oh, all of a sudden I can't agree to true. have sex. You know, just the fact that you've been drunk is not enough to vitiate consent. But that's a very good point. And so when you look at, you know, top 10 ways to avoid a false accusation, avoid engaging in sexual activity under the influence. I got to say that's true. I got to. Well, you can avoid having alcohol and you can also avoid having sex. But and you can avoid, you, you can should, avoid eating pizza or hamburgers things. or you anything else that's bad for you, right? <laughs> like you can avoid having fun, right? You can avoid just being a robot. But, you know, the reality is... You, you, you just know, be you, a nerd and go do You go math. to Vegas with your partner. You have fun in Vegas. You get right. drunk while at the pool because there's, like, tons of alcohol. Then you go back to your room and you have sex. That's life. But the reality is we have a lot of cases that involve alcohol. Yes. So you have to be very careful when engaging in sexual so activities. Here, here's one of the interesting things, though. When you're, when you're um, imbibing alcohol your memory might not be perfect. Yeah, it's right? a two-way street, right? So the complainant versus the accused. But that's right. I mean, alcohol impairs your ability to store your but memories we, and then recall them. What we normally see is that the guy's assumed to be sexually aggressive because he's intoxicated, but the woman's not seen to be... She's passive while having alcohol. Yeah, but people generally that, drink that alcohol... That is the stereotype. ...to overcome their inhibitions... So it works both ways, right? Look, people can be scared. They can be nervous about a first encounter and they need a bit of alcohol to get them through it. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And it's also can be fun. 
But, you know, you have to limit or be measured with respect to the use of intoxicants, including alcohol, when involved in sexual activity because drugs or alcohol impairs judgment and can lead to misinterpretation of intentions. So you might want to wait till both parties are a little bit more sober or sober before acting on a sexual encounter and getting consent. Not likely going to happen, though. Uh, of course not. <laughs> but let's let's go not going to happen in reality. Number four, though, be aware of body language um, and verbal cues. Yeah, but but here here's an important point. It is still the law in Canada that you do not require verbal consent. You can go with not yet. We're getting so getting very close. But right now, you can still rely on body language. And right. So, but. When you're intoxicated, how do you know if you're interpreting body language right? <laughs> What's well, a good point? These so, are these are all the things that complicate these cases, and the people think these cases are so easy, and they really aren't. They no, you're really right. Aren't well because we're dealing with human interaction, psychology, and so many unknowns, and all that has to come into play when you're, like, frankly, when you're choosing your lawyer to defend you, you got to know people. Who have an idea of how to assess and analyze a factual situation and we have to take all these factors into account but what they're talking about here is be aware of body language and verbal cues pay attention to your partner's body language and cues during any intimate encounters if you sense any discomfort or hesitation stop and communicate to make sure everything is consensual so here's my advice if you sense any discomfort or hesitation stop Book your Uber and leave. I Don't continue. And keep the record. <laughs> that's, that's the next, that's number that's five. The next one. <laughs> you want to read that one? Yeah. Number five, keep records. If you're in a situation where you're unsure about the other person's intentions, consider, consider keeping records. All of your emails, all of your Snapchat messages, maybe save those before they delete. Yeah, really, don't engage in communication snapchat? on snapchat where everything disappears if you're at all worried about what the f you're doing make sure it's recorded and keep it honestly well maintain records but also at the same time i really sympathize somebody can come 10 years later and accuse you of something 10 There's we have a case we have 20, a case 21 20 years, years. we're going to try the poor guy not, is like the guy's in tears going like I dated her for like five, six months. We had things. a bad breakup. Now I'm charged. I had things, but it was 20 years ago. It was like I think you're not gonna I think we should have a statute of limitations on Canada. I know. I, I, I really disagree do. with it. It's ridiculous. Hey, all but our American you know viewers, you have statute of limitations per your states. We don't. It's I I I, I don't I think it's it's very bad that we don't. So I think it's an important point. Let's say. You have a bad encounter. So uh, our advice is, leaving aside this listicle, is to ensure that you keep a record of all your communications. So if your records in emails or text message or Snapchat or whatever else you use, keep them, store them, keep them, save them. Put them on the cloud. <laughs> Make written notes as well at the same time as to what was your concerns and keep those records. I think that's very important. And frankly, here's something important. 
Be careful about your communications after the fact. I want to pause here really carefully because we have a lot of cases where people after the fact of something that's uncomfortable or confusing, making all sorts of communications there that are, you know, apologetic because all of a sudden Look you're worried. Look like admissions of guilt. And it looks like the person committed a sexual assault. So be mindful, mindful of community. If you write, if you write something, imagine that police are going to read it later, <laughs> or a judge, or a judge, police and a judge are yeah. going to read it later. Because, like, seriously, like when you're when you're upset and you're this like, is probably the best to, advice we can give. When you're upset and you're trying to like you know help somebody come to terms with whatever it was that happened between the two of you, just keep in mind whatever you write down. Think of it like a third party might look at it later. Does this look like you're admitting guilt? Because sometimes they're seriously just saying, I'm so sorry I made you upset, but it literally looks like they're admitting to a crime. Yeah, so I think it's extremely important. Let's say, unfortunately, you have a bad encounter. Doesn't end that well that night. So I think what is very important is, A, don't cut off communication, but if you are going to communicate, And I don't think it's necessarily bad to check in, but be careful and mindful of what you write. Always maintain an understanding that somebody else may be reading this communication. Like Diana said, it could be a police officer or it could be a judge. So be mindful of what you write and think about it so that what you are communicating is not an admission. It is a true communication about the dynamic that happened, right? You know, we had a great time last night. But then at a certain point, you seem to be a bit uncomfortable. I'm not sure why. I hope you're feeling good. Just want to check in to make sure everything's okay. Blah, blah, blah. But that blah, blah, blah better not be, I'm really sorry. I was impulsive last night. Nothing like that. Be mindful of what you write. Be mindful. And what it'll look like to somebody who doesn't know what you're actually talking about. Right. Because the people who will read this later on, God forbid, if you're charged, will have no idea of your dynamic. So be careful of what you write in those messages. And, 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 you know, some people say, well, should I cut off all communication after that discomfort? I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. There's no right that or wrong. That seems insensitive, I'm, too. I'm like, giving a disclaimer. This is not advice that you can rely upon. So don't f-ing sue us for this. But I'm saying this. If, if something happens, but you've dated this person, you have an uncomfortable night, I don't think you cut off communication. But you check in with the individual. But be careful and mindful of what you write. So, you know, combining the next few things together, respect boundaries, obviously no means no, that's ridiculous. Seek enthusiastic consent, it's already been covered before. Yeah, and I, I don't like the term enthusiastic consent, just seek consent. Enthu- you know, enthusiastic, like, I mean, it gets a little ridiculous, right? It's like, this, is, this isn't a cartoon. Um, <laughs> this is real. Good job, good job. Okay, go ahead. Then, then it says, be mindful of power dynamics. Power no, dynamics. but that's really oh. important. Okay, maybe we'll stop there because the next one I thought was more important, but power dynamics, and we have talked about this. Let's okay, spell this out because we, have a case, we have a case pending now with a power dynamics. It is so lethal. We got to talk about it. But like, like we've talked before, okay, let's imagine you're famous. Are you allowed to have somebody else who's not, uh, have sex with somebody else who's not famous because you have more power than them. So can famous people only have sex with other famous people? I don't know. This is power dynamics. This is the dialogue. I don't know what happened in right? Kevin Spacey's trial, but it went well for him. 
Yeah, I know. But I don't know what the evidence was. Whether, whether it's like a high-profile case like that or not, it's like, come on, how do you even determine power dynamics? Oh, he's got a lot of money. She's got a lot of money. What if she makes more money? Is she allowed to have sex with somebody who doesn't make as much money as her? Well, because what? now the power power dynamics. Well, let's let's be careful about this because I think this is actually. Oh, yeah, exactly. This is why we have to be careful about it. Okay. Because you know what happens? They pass legislation like coercive control, and then they get concerned because oh, oh my goodness, a woman could be charged. Well, the government doesn't want any women to be charged. That's for sure. I know. But that's why I, they think try it, to I think it's very language. I think it's very important that. When we give advice about this, power dynamics are important. Be aware of what a power dynamic is. So it's influence over the situation, influence over the person, can include age differences, professional relationships, or authority positions. Because we've had cases involving employer-employee, okay? We've had cases involving a professional and a patient. We've had cases involving an older person with a younger person and possibly the older person having a professional relate a professional designation like a doctor or a lawyer or something and the other person might be more vulnerable there's also a financial dynamic involved yeah no you make a good point like the, the, there are serious issues in terms of Thank you. what can put you in a position of authority yes it's like, it's not... I, I tell you, you have a good point. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. But this is no joke. This We have seen this no, now I know. It, it play is out. And we have a understand. case coming up in the fall, which we hope yeah. to report on eventually. But like, there's no f***ing way he should be found guilty of this, right? But the, the, the government is exploiting this wrongfully. But you have to be very careful about positions of influence over the situation, age differences, professional relationships, authority positions, its you got to be very that's, careful. That's the thing that's really bothered me recently looking at this. It's like, I'm sorry, who decides what, what age difference makes you in a position of authority? Leaf. Sorry, did I say that? <laughs> that's the Women's Legal Education and Action Fund. So we talk about organizations like Leaf that advocate on behalf of women, and that's their position, and that's fine. But they talk about them being in vulnerable positions and and being abused and controlled etc and that that's fine but i think we have to be very conscious about those arguments and and men or women frankly have to be conscious about how this dynamic plays out in a relationship and financial control or financial dynamics are an important factor and anything that can be seen or viewed as exploitive is extremely important we live in a different age. I think we just have to accept we live in a different age. We have to accept we live in a different age. And so we have to understand what these concepts are, how they play in the misconception of intimate human relations, uno momente, and then how you can possibly be subject to a charge. Senor, senora, go ahead. I think that we need to give people a little bit of leeway if we expect them to stop acting like human beings who engage in sexual activity and we expect them to engage in natural sexual activity in a different way, we have to give a little bit of leeway so that people can... Us or the courts? The courts need to give a... We cannot demand that people act in a way that's not natural to them without giving a little bit of a time span, right? It's not it's a like, time span. We're denying, 
We're denying the human interaction that is live and has been in place for thousands oh, of years. Oh, we want you to behave in a way that's completely unnatural to you. Now. You know what? No. Give us a little bit of... Give, give us a... Bit of time to not enjoy it some anymore. hypnotism or something. <laughs> I don't know. What? How are we supposed to stop you from engaging in... Ways? And, and like we've said before, if you say in court that you engage in sexual activity in a way that's not normal... They will not believe you. I agree. But I do think it's important, Phil, to, to be mindful of power dynamics. Be aware of these things. It's important. Yeah, and we live charged. in a different era. We just live in a different era. And truth truth is, there was a lot of abuse in the past with people in power positions of those who are vulnerable or susceptible to abuse because of those positions. That's legitimate. But I think we need to be mindful of this. So if we're giving this top 10 list, I think... That's one important point. Yeah. Let's move on to number nine. Be cautious. Number with... nine. We've talked about this a little bit in the past before too. If you record, because I know there's a lot of people online who say always be recording. So if you have videotape of the actual sexual interaction, you can end up being charged with an extra. Well, don't f-ing share it. You can you can be charged with an extra offense because you. Well, worse, you, you can be charged permission. with actual sexual assault. Yeah. Because you didn't have. And consent. if you put it on the internet, that's definitely a totally different yeah so let's break this down so be cautious with explicit material sharing or possessing explicit material without the uh consent of all parties involved can be a uh, serious legal offense so here look if you record anything do not share it that's the advice don't put it up on social media don't share it with friends just don't do it regardless if you think you got consent for it Unless it's in the form of an affidavit, just don't do it. It's wrong. But I, I know some people are not being accused through the criminal system. Sometimes they're being accused through social media. So then they have this urge to put proof out on their own behalf. Don't do it. That, that would be the most likely Hire a lawyer. Yeah. Hire yeah. a lawyer. That's a very dangerous thing to do. Yeah, be very so careful. The always be recording thing is a little bit dangerous. <laughs> yeah, and again, we've had a case where recording without the consent of the other party resulted in a conviction for sexual assault. So we covered that in the past podcast. So understand this very clearly. Recording surreptitiously of a sexual encounter without the consent, obviously, of the other party, that can be a sexual assault in and of itself. Now, if somebody feels compelled to record, maybe you shouldn't be having sex with that person. Okay? Right. But leaving that aside, if you do, do do not disclose it. If you wind up getting charged of sexual assault and you've made a recording where it clearly shows consent, consult with your counsel. And I think this number 10 is actually a good thing uh, to kind of summarize the whole situation. Understand the laws and policies. And that is the problem is that people just don't understand what the law is on sexual assault. That's my move. You can do it I too. I throw shit. You can do it too. No, that's a very good point. Understand the laws and policies. Educate yourself about the laws and policies related to sexual conduct and frankly, I, I, you've got it. And that's why... don't yeah, understand what's That's why people watch this. I know. Podcast. This is why they should watch it. But, you know, remember this, okay? So this was like a fun education list session. But, you know, consent is an ongoing process, and it can be withdrawn at any time. So just always be attentive to what's going on, and good luck. Because we live in very challenging times. Ain't that the truth? Okay, I love go. I love this new set from Staples. I, I, I I'm going to order some extra paper tomorrow or something. 
Is, Do you have a, is there a question from the gallery, Marcy? Okay. Oh, like, subscribe, share, uh, share, hit notification, hit notifications, and and I gotta leave say, leave comments. Thank you again for the really great commentary and questions that we have coming in. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much, everybody. Good night.